Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 97. I'm Schmitty. I'm Stark. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And uh, we're happy to join you. We're happy to see you. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Yes, we can actually see you. You don't know this, but we can. Yes, we're, we're actually looking through your webcam right now. We, you got our buddies from Iran to help us. Just wave hi. Come on, don't be shy. Yeah, that, that, that monkey they sent into space was really a spy camera. He's up there taking pictures of you right now. They couldn't afford the spy drone. Um, hey, before we get started, let's give a shout-out to our friends, trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. And we have news. News or feedback? We have, we have both, but we're going to start off with news. We have a new show coming out. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to be recording it Saturday morning with our very own Dr. Squishy. It is Squishy's Comics and Movies show, The Scam Show. It's not actually about scams. It's about comics and movies. <laughs> uh, well, people think they can find their droids by coming to our website. <laughs> droids, <laughs> scams. scams <laughs> we need to have another one that spells out porn just to like get the droids trifecta scams. going. But so uh, check it out. It's going to be a half hour long. It uh, should be out Mondays. Uh, we are not sure if it's going to be rebroadcast or whatnot, but you can find it at StolenDroids.com. And uh, it'll have its own iTunes and everything. So yay. Awesome. We're, we're, we're growing, and we have you, the listener, to thank for that. Totally. Okay, um, into our feedback. Uh, Ruff wrote back, of course, I opened my big mouth last episode and talked about stocks. Uh-oh. <laughs> Okay, so here's what he says. Zook, quote, yeah, but stocks don't actually mean what we think they mean. Rough. Don't say it. Don't say it. Me. The stock market is literally a bunch of people saying what they think something is worth and whether their best faith is on it. Rough. Ah, he said it. Okay, sorry for taking the complete Mickey out on you. I guess it's a UK thing. You were very close. But also very wrong. The stock price is the price that all the people, the market, who want to buy and sell are willing to currently trade. A person in the market gets all this info from an analysis, from analysts, from headlines, from economic conditions, from their guy, from experience, etc., and boil it all down to a price that they are willing to trade. If their price is higher than the current market price, they will buy, thinking the market has undervalued the stock. If their price is lower than the current market price, they will sell, thinking that the market has overvalued the stock. These trades, buys and sells, will change the market price. Lots of people buying drives up the price. Lots of people selling drives price down. In the end, the market price is the current equilibrium price. You can think of it as an average of how people view the stock. There are tons more market theory and all this, but it's just too boring for a tech podcast. Um, Ruff, you're absolutely right. Um, I apologize, but I don't think I was necessarily wrong. I probably oversimplified it, but my... My assertion still stands that the stock price or the stock market is nothing more than what people feel something is worth. They could be basing that feeling off of a whole bunch of different sources, like you said, analysts, market value research, insiders, all sorts of different stuff. But it comes down to it, it's still a, a, a value of faith. Well, in basic layman question, don't we I, – I, we, always, we always talk about how – when stocks are going up, the company is doing good. Isn't that usually because people feel like, oh, I see Google doing something good, so we'll go buy their stock. I see RIM doing something bad, so I'll go sell their stock because I think they're doing something idiotic? In a way, yeah. It's people's faith in that company. I feel that RIM is doing really well, so I'm going to buy their stock. I feel they're not doing well, so I'm going to sell their stock. So in that way, it's kind of... Now again, well, there's, like, there's like probably he says, a reason why we're not we're not yeah. stock traders. <laughs> it sounds like yeah, it sounds like we're getting down to semantics and so I, same well, same same. <laughs> yeah, as he as he says, it's based on a lot more than just someone's gut feeling. Right. So Which I oversimplified that correct, part. Yes. But but thank you for your feedback because uh, it is worth noting, especially because we're going to bring it up again. But well, first, our headlines talk about various stocks. Yep. Okay, fine. <laughs> You're jumping ahead. If I knew more German, I'd yell it at you right now. Um, <laughs> I could, but I would blow people's speakers out. <laughs> first off, uh, Apple announced a 128 gigabit gigabyte iPad, and all the fanboys are drinking Kool Aid and lining up for it now. 
even the fanboys are kind of scratching their head at this. Not so much that there's 128 gigs, because that's awesome, right? But the price, if you get the 3G model, it's upwards around $1,000. To me, this this is the nail in the coffin that Apple has no freaking clue what to do next. And here's why I say this, because people are, are fighting me on this. I've, I've had this conversation already with a few Apple fanboys. An iPad, there's nothing wrong with an iPad. I actually don't mind the interface. I don't mind its capabilities. I think it's very good for what it is and for what it's priced at. But at that price, you're reaching netbook territory. You're reaching not even netbook, laptop territory. You could get a MacBook Air for that price. You could get a Windows Surface Pro. Microsoft Surface Pro for that price. At that price, you should be able to do more than just an iPad can do. And an iPad can't create things like a MacBook Air or a laptop or a Microsoft Surface Pro. So the only reason you would need 128 gigs on an iPad is to consume more media. Okay, well, that's great. 128 gigs, I could... Hold all your comic books on the iPad there, huh? Yeah, or hold no, all of them. Or... No, I, I couldn't. Sorry. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but, but the idea is that you could probably download a lot of high-definition movies from iTunes, right? Hold an entire library. But see, that's where I think it's proof that Apple has misread the market. Because if you had better Crackle integration, Hulu integration, Amazon Prime integration, if you had those things through iTunes people wouldn't need bigger hard drives. If Apple had capitalized on streaming media, if you had the ability to rent or buy a movie through iTunes and stream it to your iPad instead of downloading it, this iPad wouldn't exist. Well, if Apple was innovative, this iPad wouldn't exist. That's a good point. But they're not anymore. Um, but you know, my, when I first heard this and and I've got, I've got to correct myself. I only have 103 gigs of comics. So I guess it technically would fit. I just had to double check. Thought I had more than that. Um, but (laughs) how big, how much storage space do you really need on a tablet? I mean, it's not like you're doing a lot that's going to take big storage other than media consumption, but you can only consume so much media at one time. I'm just yeah, suddenly I, thinking of Bill old old <laughs> quote. We, we've, but that was more of RAM than storage. <laughs> we brought it well, up before, I, and I, I, think the, I think the future here, or, or at least like current, the current technology is, is going towards cloud computing. And we're getting yes. to the point where, where on, onboard storage really doesn't matter unless you are in the boonies or, or somewhere where you can't get, um, can't get signal, can't get data connection. And so we're, we're, when we, when we get to device battles like this, where we're increasing our storage capacity, people are turning around saying, who cares? Because I have a Dropbox account with 50 gigs on it. I have a box and account with 50 gigs on it. I, I have all these cloud storage options that have tons of space on it. Who needs, you know, onboard storage we've got spotify that streams we've got netflix that streams especially if you've got a device that's got 3g or or 4g Mm -hmm. i mean and and people forget how much space 128 gigs is for reference my laptop has 128 gig ssd on it the laptop i'm recording the show on right now i have a full-blown installation of windows 8 64-bit i have adobe cs6 installed I have all sorts of things installed. Now, some of it I offload to the second drive, but all of that is in my laptop right here. And this laptop can produce a whole lot more than an iPad can. And it costs around $1,000. Oh, and by the way, the hard drive is still 72 gigs free. Yeah. So, yeah, and to to be fair, Windows 8 does take up almost half of that space. So with with a 120-gig iPad, you are getting closer to being able to fill a full 128 gigs. That's true. That's fair. But part of me wonders if part of me wonders if this is just simply, well, hey, Surface Pro just came out. It's almost $1,000. Can we get a $1,000 iPad? Will people buy it? 
Yeah, something. I mean, you're you're right. The amount of hard drive space is cool, and you know what? In five years, we'll probably be looking at that going, "That's all." But I think I think they are testing the market, and I think they've got a lot of faith in their fanboys. Yeah, I think the fanboys are losing faith in Apple, though. That's probably very fair. I I, 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 I think you're and right. I think I think stunts like this isn't helping any. They're they're not helping endear the fam re endear the fanboys to the product. I mean, it's I, I've been saying it. I've said it more times than I can count on this show. Apple has lost its edge when it comes to innovation. Yep. Okay, moving on here into uh, other mobile news, not necessarily Apple news, uh, but uh, congratulations. As of, what was it, five days ago, it is once again illegal to root and hack your phone. <laughs> What's interesting is how they're trying to claim it's now illegal. Not, I mean, the, all the manufacturers and all the, all, the, all the cell phone companies would usually say, oh, you're not supposed to do that anyway. It's in the terms of service or blah, 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 blah. But what's interesting is that who, who was in Congress that was doing this? They were trying to say that it was a violation of the DMCA. Yeah, and to be perfectly honest, I read through these articles, like all of them I could find. I never figured out how they meant that. Like, how how does this work as a DMCA violation? I never figured well, now, that out. It, it's my understanding that this doesn't necessarily apply to rooting your phone. It applies to more unlocking your phone so that it will work on a different carrier. That is true. Like, like if you're on on Verizon and you want to take your phone over to T-Mobile for whatever reason or, you know, that, that type of thing. But interestingly enough, if you call T-Mobile and my boss did this on Monday said, I'm going out of the country. I need my phone to be able to work with an Italian SIM card. They said, okay, here's the code to unlock your phone. And they unlocked it. They, they let him unlock his phone for him. I mean, it, most carriers, will still allow this if you just call them and say, hey, here's my situation. Yeah, but it, I'll bet that if you call them and say, hey, I want to switch to X competing carrier, will you unlock it for me? I'll bet they'll say no. Yeah, That's even why if you, you don't own tell the them phone, that. Which, <laughs> is, which, which is annoying. And the, th- and the thing that gets me is the congressman who did this, his name is James Hadley Billington, and, 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 and he's 83 years old. He which sounds like a I Monopoly know- character. It yeah, does, it does look like a Monopoly character. And the, th- and the thing is, is I know, I know it's almost painting with a broad brush, but when I look at the picture here of this old gentleman, I'm almost thinking somebody handed him a check with a bill saying, hey, we want you to say this out loud so that we can now start smacking people around with a rubber newspaper. Hmm. Just my feeling. I have no proof on that, but I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure scenes, you're right. On now, a golf course somewhere. It should be specified that these are this only applies to subsidized phones. So if you bought your phone yourself, it's in the clear. You can move it to whatever carrier you want. And if you previously unlocked it, you're okay. It's so only what, after what this date. Your two years is up. Can you still can you still unlock it then? Yeah, because it's no longer subsidized. Hmm. So of course, I, again, it's a two year old phone. Now, unfortunately. Even though they say this is just you, to ban unlocking, a lot of carriers are going to be preemptive about it, saying, yeah, but you unlock it by rooting it so and, and flashing something. So no unlocking or rooting. Well, you know, they, they'll actually – Verizon, I know, if you root your phone, it voids their warranty and they uh, take away any responsibility for anything at that point. So, I mean, I, I've had personal experience with that. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't want you rooting the phones anyways. Because they want you to keep that two-year-old game demo hogging up hard drive space, even though you're never going to buy it. No. No, it's it's the Blockbuster app that they really want to keep on. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you're, he's not lying. <laughs> okay. Well, not. Especially Moving. since Blockbuster's closing more stores. <laughs> yep. Uh, moving into some other interesting news, we talked last week about uh, Kim.com's new uh, mega.co.nz. Well, BitTorrent, of all places, now has their own version of online storage. And theirs is actually kind of ingenious. Uh, it, it doesn't actually – it's just from BitTorrent Labs. It doesn't have its own name yet. 
But the idea is, is that you install this client on all your different computers. So let's say you have a computer at work, you have a computer at home, you have another computer somewhere else. Let's say you have three or four or five. Or even, like, say we use it amongst the four of us. Okay? We all install this client, and we all log in, and we all start sharing this drive space. And what it is, is it's a combination of all of our computers. It uses the torrent technology to share the files. Exactly. It uses torrent technology to split up the file parts. So each of us is holding one-fourth, since it's four people in this case, one-fourth of the file structures in slices. And so if we need to access something, we can all share from the same storage. Now, so what happens if one of us is down? Um, that's well, no, a that, good question. No, that's the, we, each of us have the entire file on it. So if, if, if Zook's computer is off, for example, I put, uh, you know, an eight gig ISO on there. It, it syncs to Starks and, and Zoner's computer. Then once Zook turns his computer on, he gets it three times faster because we're all giving him bits of the file. If my computer's off, he still gets the file, even though I'm the one that provided the file. So that's kind of how the torrent works. It's it, it it's not that we each have a part of the file. It's that the transfer is faster because we can shotgun it across. I see. I see. That makes more sense. Now, obviously, this doesn't really help you at all if you only have one computer. Right. Well, <laughs> if, you, if you only have your own laptop, the system does not work for you. It's not cloud storage. Going back to the original title, of the, or when we were originally talking about this uh, this headline, when every time I hear the the name Kim.com, for some reason I'm thinking of Peanut from Jeff Dunham's little puppet show, where the, the, the peanut would go, dot .com! <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Something makes me wish I watched more Jeff Dunham. Actually, he's pretty funny. <laughs> okay, I'm into you know, Twitter. You know what this is? Is, is this... I think it would be considered cloud storage in a way. It's our own personal cloud storage. It's not cloud storage in the sense that it's hosted on um, a third party's servers, but but to me, it's cloud storage because it's on Zoner's, Starks, and Zook's computer, and, and it's accessible from multiple places. So yeah, yeah just to- no, I agree. I think it's really interesting. It's still in beta testing, um, yeah. but I I think it's worth keeping an eye on. Plus, as we can have learned, uh, BitTorrent isn't going anywhere. Nope. Oh, but if you listen to to the entertainment industry, it, it's, it's killing gone. them. It, it's <laughs> go. It, it's gotta go. They're all liars anyway. Go. They it's, they promote a product that is nothing but a lie. It's a cake. Um, into yes. French news because we love the French and technology. Yet oh. they hate hashtags. Yeah. So. The French have actually decided to outlaw the word hashtag. Why? Because it perverts the language. They like modillez. Modillez. <laughs> that is their new phrase for a hashtag. No, so are they going like to a lot of a lot of countries over in Europe will do that. They'll actually put a list saying you can't name your child anything that's not on this list. Because we want to keep the language clean. We want to keep the language pure. So in other words, they don't have like quickie lubes in France. And Toys R Us in France. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. They don't even I, have I a McDouble a with cheese. I, w- I want to see a Frenchman named Billy Bob. Because <laughs> that would be Billy Bob. Awesome. They call That's it Le Royale awesome with cheese. Keep that, yeah, keep that bloodline pure, y'all. Love oh. Billy Bob with cheese, huh? <laughs> wow. So that kind of sounded racist, didn't it? Yes. No, yes, I it did. what the French would call our show. <laughs> Less steaming pile. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we can't use that as a show title, though. It'd probably be a little too... <laughs> no, I'm, I've already decided it's Le Royale with cheese. <laughs> so let it be written. So let it be done. <laughs> Yeah, I, I find this absolutely absurd. You know, you've got a you've got a term that's that's widely accepted around the world, as far as I know. And well, yeah, what, what's really it, funny about this is the fact to me that you're worried about perverting the French language 
but you're okay with the guy who was peeing in his driveway as the Google car drove by. Well, this does bring up another question. Will the internet kind of drive us towards a common language? A common culture? Possibly. I'm just thinking, uh, French, the French government, if you're worried about your culture going down the drain, it's not from Twitter. It's from your own population. Yeah. Yeah, they determine what the culture is. And I think I we think may have just, just lost our French. <laughs> I, I think you just fired a shot across the bow there with that one, Zook. That's uh, okay. They just surrendered. I was about to say, they'll surrender by tomorrow morning. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Love We're not stereotypical you. American at all. No. <laughs> I think at, this, at the same time, to play devil's advocate here, we're looking at this as an American, from an American point of view, and English has been very, very flexible over the centuries. It accepts new words very easily. Accepts new words, or does it attack the other language, drag it into the alleyway, and then rifle its pockets for different words and phrases? No, no, I th- I'd say accept. Okay. <laughs> You know, I mean, we it, got weird words getting added to the dictionary every year that just, yeah, I mean, we're, well, we're, some of them are coming from, for coming from the internet. I mean, Twitter would have been, many of them to are added, added to the, I mean, uh, lo, uh, Trollo and, and stuff like that. Well, Google is now a verb. I mean, it's not only a noun, it's a verb. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, too, but it's also illegal in twelve states. Interestingly <laughs> um, enough, the at symbol didn't have a name until the internet. It right. existed, but it was almost an abstract. It now has a name: the at symbol. That's, That's its actual innovative. name now. That is what innovative. That, that that should have had a name before the internet. It was no, on a keyboard. No, it just yeah, but it simply meant about. It was the shift two. That's what it was called. Yeah, yeah, it was the about symbol. I think when hmm. they had uh, let's see, Wikipedia says in articles. Yeah, when they had written it, articles in the newspaper, they would use the at symbol in titles to signify about because they only had so many characters per title. It was like it was like the Twitter of their time, you know, the news. It was commonly yeah. called the at symbol ampersand eight tail or commercial at. In English. Interesting. I have learned something new today. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, yeah, we're constantly being redefined, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. And I think that's what a lot of these high high scholars like to try and avoid. They don't want to see their language become a mutt like English. But we do have to move on here. We have a lot of headlines this week, so we need to really plow forward. Um, if you have a web-based camera... Like the security Ooh. cameras, hackers are watching you. I always feel like somebody's watching me. <laughs> that was scary. <laughs> yeah. Please never do that again. <laughs> I'm like Please. pouring Purell into my ears. Okay, so. <laughs> now. They have found that there's a lot of different manufacturers who manufacture these IP, these IP-based web cameras, uh, typically used for security systems or whatnot, that are left unsecure. Not because the owners necessarily didn't secure them, but because they have a security vulnerability that allows people to access them quite easily. In fact, it's, it's down now, but there was a website you could go to that overlaid it onto the Google Maps API, and you could see where all the cameras were, click on them, and pull up their feed. Zoner, this wasn't the one you were using to watch your babysitter, was it? No. And that sounded kind of creepy. <laughs> that sounded beyond creepy. <laughs> it was. He was watching his babysitter to make sure his babysitter was doing her job. <laughs> she, she was not, and she was fired. Yep. <laughs> no, do that job. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Wow, has- <laughs> completely the left turn. <laughs> wow, I just went from being just a creepy old guy to a cr- really creepy old guy. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> yes. I'll bet you nannycam.com is actually leading you to somewhere else. Um, oh, there, please. <laughs> Google has also pointed out that it's found the same thing with online printers. People put their printers on their uh, home network, and they publish them out over the IP, and it's the same thing. So now hackers can just do a quick search, find all your active cameras and all your active printers. 
You know, I remember this back in the early 90s or in, or in the mid, mid to late 90s. I remember we, me and three of the roommates were in our computer room where we had all our computers at. And all of a sudden, the printer started going off. And, and the guy with the printer next to him said, hey, who's printing something? We're like, we didn't say anything over there. And he, and he looks over at the print job and it was from a friend that said, you may want to not share this <laughs> with the rest of the world. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but then Robert Redford stepped out to get dinner for everyone. They got busted by the feds. Yep. <laughs> Obscure, Obscure reference there. <laughs> sneakers, actually. actually yeah. Sneakers. Okay. Um, speaking of videos over the uh, over the internet, Twitter launched their ill-fated Vine service this week. It is their answer to. Hmm, how would I even describe this? It's video. It's short video. Yeah, it's it's, it's like it a video radio tweet. Did it kill yeah. the radio star? No, nope. no, it's not long enough. But it's a video tweet. Yes, it's a short video that you throw up onto Twitter. Makes sense in theory, but it immediately crashed, stopped accepting people's new videos, and then every week or every day they have the editor's choice, and it's a quick little video that they say, "Hey, everyone, look at this," and it's the idea to make random videos go viral and um, the editor's pick for like, it was like Vine's third day in existence and the editor's pick was rather not, not safe for work. Like it was <laughs> really, oh my, I'm reading the article really on, not really. safe for work. Like Let so not safe for work. We can't discuss it here. Yeah. Let me guess the videos couldn't be more than 140 seconds long, huh? Probably six seconds actually. But so Ouch. Twitter came out and said that the online video that had been picked was not a glitch of the system. Human error had picked. So an editor actually had gone and picked this video and made it the pick of the day and published it out across all subscribers, immediately dropping their subscriber base by 20%. <laughs> In a word, don't comes to mind way to go there twitter yeah that's well i i had heard that this that um they had some issues with their service actually becoming very close to a porn service there for a while in addition to that people were finding all sorts of adult content yep so i mean yay <laughs> now, on the other hand, what, what do you guys think about, you know, not just the future of Vine, but the future of, of short video clips um, being shared on the Internet? So we, we've had Instagram, um, you have TwitPic. Um, so instead of taking a picture of your lunch, you can actually take a, take a video, video of you chewing it? <laughs> <laughs> Something. I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I mean... At first, when Twitter came out, we were kind of reluctant about it, um, and and now it's it's has taken off like wildfire. So I, I don't know. I I kind of think that not not necessarily Vine, but I think I think there is a future in sharing short videos, not not YouTube style, but Vine style. I don't know. See, I I think it's too much effort for me personally. I'm not yeah. going to turn on my webcam. I'm not going to make sure I don't have food in my teeth. You know, it's just. It's too much effort. Yeah, I'd have to plus, agree. I think that well, the plus side of Vine that I've been hearing is that it's it's e it's actually easier than Instagram to use. You you it's it's almost like point and click and and it's shared and that that has also lent to the to the uh, destructiveness of it too. <laughs> Does it have but, a Polaroid uh, filter? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I want to I want to film noir filter for you. I totally need to tilt shift this eggs benedict. <laughs> Lens flare. We actually got a huge win uh in the uh, area of patent trolls. And what happened here is there was a company, I don't even know the name of it. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. But had claimed the right to online shopping carts. The idea of purchasing something from an online catalog, putting it in a shopping cart, and hitting checkout and buying it. Sound basic? It is. They already took Amazon for $10 million. Uh, sorry, more than that. I forget. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. It got $17 million from between Victoria's Secret and The Gap. Uh, it 
got an undisclosed number from other people, and then it went after Newegg, and Newegg was ordered to pay $2.5 million. Newegg said no, and <laughs> took it back to court, appealed it, and fought it, and they actually found an old ad from CompuServe. You guys remember the CompuServe mall? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So this ad, this print ad says, by the year 2000, the world may catch up with the way CompuServe's new electronic mall lets you shop today. They pointed this out to the judge saying, see, this concept has been around since before this other company even existed. It's not their idea. I don't care if they patented it. It's not their idea. The other company in question said, well, yes, but our idea was born of the Internet. CompuServe was just taking an existing idea of taking products from a shelf, putting it in a cart, and buying it. <laughs> Ours is from the internet. To what? Which the, wait for it. To which the judge said, and I want to remind everyone, this is a West Texas judge, said, just adding the phrase, on the internet, is not a substantial innovation, and it doesn't <laughs> prove anything. <laughs> He invalidated all their claims and all their previous claims as well. They now have to pay back all that money. Oh, nice. nice. Applause. That makes my heart warm. Now I want to see them do that across the board to everyone. <laughs> hey, you made a rounded rectangle, so rectangle with rounded corners on the internet. <laughs> haven't, I mean, haven't we been talking about this? Just adding the phrase, but do it on the internet isn't patentable. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, good job, Judge. Doesn't that just make you feel happy today? Judge- we, need, we need more judges from Texas, like all around the country. No, 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 no. We just need, we need that one. We need more people, <laughs> need more people like, uh, like the guy from Newegg that stood up for that. Yeah. Yes, we do. So basically, it. Newegg just single-handedly saved online retail. By the way, the guy from Newegg, the, the chief legal guy, his name is Lee Chang. He's a slow he's, clap. Slow yes. clap for Lee Chang. Okay. Um, really quick here. Android's popular. Duh. Yeah, they captured 70% of the world's smartphone market in the fourth quarter of 2012. Honestly, that's not a surprise. <laughs> that doesn't bode well for Apple. No, not at no. all. And it really doesn't bode well for BlackBerry. They're 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 demanding more of the damages from Samsung, and a judge is saying no. <laughs> yeah, um, listener Josh Barnes may recognize this headline. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Apple wants more money out of the Samsung settlement, and the judge is saying, um, "Didn't I just award you like over a billion dollars? Isn't that enough?" No, yeah. it's never enough. <laughs> 1.05 billion. Maybe when... Okay, so this is a BBC site, the UK site. Um, it turns out that $1.05 billion is the equivalent of uh, 666 million pounds. So maybe they're just actually trying to get away from the 666 number. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to be evil. Too late. Yeah. They're the anti-Google... <laughs> All right, so Lenovo wants to be RIM. No, it turns no. out they don't. We talked about um we talked about it last week where Lenovo was rumored to be in talks of acquiring RIM. They came out this week and said, "No." Basically they just dropped it like that. They said, "No." They dropped the mic on the ground, and they walked away. Um <laughs> We're out of here. Peace, yo. Sup. Make sure you tip a waitresses. Thanks. <laughs> I'd like to say them. I'd like to hear them doing it like in a bonics, like a gangster. You know, sup? No. <laughs> Drop the mic. So, um, at first everyone's like, "Well, why not? Why not?" And then BB10 launched this to, actually just a few days ago, and every suddenly everyone realized why no one wants to buy them. Stocks were going up. Stocks were going up. Stocks were going up. They just debuted the two new phones in BB10. Stocks went down. Stocks went down. Stocks plummeted. It dropped, yep. what was it, 15% by the end of the trading day? Something like that. Not good. Not good at all. 
Rim renamed themselves to BlackBerry, which, honestly, I can't say anything wrong with. That makes perfect sense to me. We talk about them constantly. We actually know the industry, and we still screw it up. It just makes sense to call the company BlackBerry. And nobody knows them by Rim. Yeah. Well, no, none with any good taste in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> they have a new creative director. Yay. They hired uh, Alicia Keys. they know Keys. how to use MS Paint? <laughs> Alicia Pretty Keys good on is their piano. Creative, creative director. Why? Mm-hmm. Uh? Because she's like creative and stuff. This is like when Lady Gaga became Polaroid's like CIO or whatever it was. Yeah, it, uh, when I saw that, I just thought, and this is why your stock just tanked fifteen percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it makes from a business standpoint. I would want to hire somebody that actually has business experience and that, you know, is equally creative and business minded as opposed to a very talented singer slash songwriter slash musician. Now, you may be asking, what has she done so far in her creative role? She has sent out a tweet. Yay! Yep, wow, that's, that's that's it. That, that good job, which I believe is more than their last creative director has done. <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. Um, <laughs> so the new OS is launched. Uh, it's gotten some seriously mixed reviews. Uh, Smitty and I were actually talking about it earlier today. I feel that uh, they they've taken all the worst things about every other mobile OS and have shoved them together in hopes to make them better. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think they're like, well, wait a minute iOS has a grid of icons. We should have a grid of icons, too. Yeah, that's, that's not iOS's strength. Wait, Windows 8 has swipe gestures. We should add swipe gestures, too. Yeah, that's not Windows 8's strength. <laughs> I think they just completely misread the market. Schmidt, you were saying you don't really think that the, the overall UI is that horrible? The, the yeah, navigation, yeah. I should specify. Yeah, I, I don't think it's it's too horrible. I mean, it the biggest problem people had was that it was confusing. And I, and I think my, my biggest point was that new technology is confusing always up at front, you know, up front when the and when the iPhone first came out, it was confusing to us. People didn't really think that, that the touchscreen keyboard would take off, but it did. Now nobody wants a hard hardware keyboard. And so things like this thing, little innovations like, like Blackberry's hub and the way they, integrate, you know, slide in gestures and things like that. While confusing at first, I think it'll just take people to get used to. And uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe they'll take off. Maybe Apple and, and Android will start adopting some of it. I don't know. But are I, enough people going to be using the devices to become accustomed to it? See that? Yeah, that's another. I don't think so. Too, so. And that's why I, I don't. think they're going to fail. Uh, one analyst put it best, I think, when they said that the new BB10 OS will go great distance to keeping the BlackBerry loyalists, but it's not going to bring in any new blood. No, it won't. Well, I mean, and I... loyalists are left. Well, and that's my point, too. I have rolled out phones to a huge enterprise, and I can tell you that over the last four years, less and less enterprise people want a BlackBerry. And if that's their only bread and butter... If that's their only people who will, will come to it, they're losing them already. Right. And so they need to bring in – you want – if you're BlackBerry at this point, I have to now retrain myself to not be saying RIM. But if you are BlackBerry right now, you want to be marketing your phone at 10-year-olds. You want to make your phone the next gotta-have-it gift for Christmas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you want to survive, you need that. Because at this point, would you say they're just basically slowing the bleeding? I'd say it's a very or, good Band-Aid. Or I'd say is that it, it is. even that? I'd say it's a very good Band-Aid. But this dog is dead, you know? You're putting a Band-Aid over a bullet wound. Need a big Band-Aid. <laughs> Our friend Larry Korea could tell us how to how to fix a bullet wound. But I don't think he could help <laughs> fix Rim. Well, you know, I, I think it's interesting, and I shared this video with with you earlier, Zook. Um, but I think it was Mashable 
gave a new BlackBerry device to five different people who had never used it, and they couldn't even figure out how to unlock the phone. I mean, this is this is so different. It's like Schmidt was talking about. People are going to have to get used to it, but I don't think I don't think that they're going to give it a chance. In all honesty, I, I think that they're going to get it and they're going to say, "What the crap have I done? Give me an iPhone or give me an Android." <laughs> Now, no, it's not helping them are the phones themselves. Decent hardware, people are saying. They released two of them, the Z10 and the Q10. The Z10 is all touchscreen. It's the one that Zoner and I actually got to play with down at the New Media Expo. The Q10 is similar to their old Bold series, has an actual physical QWERTY keyboard, um, and they both look pretty nice. I'll say that. They look, they look like good pieces of kit. They have about the same uh, stats. The Z10 is a 4.2-inch screen, has the same resolution of a um, of a Lumia 920, so it's a very high-resolution screen. Um, comes with 2 gigabytes of RAM, has an SD card slot, dual-core 1.5 gigahertz processor, uh, NFC, LTE. It's it's the same as everything else, right? However, it costs $200 on a three-year contract. Yeah, and we're trying to get away from contracts, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people yeah, what, are. What's up with that three-year contract? That seems excessive. Well, it's because it's mean, so expensive. Your I don't phone, know anybody who would go a three-year contract. Your phone is outdated after, I don't know, and sometimes six or eight weeks. Yeah, mine was outdated why, within a couple months. <laughs> yeah, why would, you, why would you lock yourself into the same phone for three years in this type of climate? It, it, in this in this mobile climate, it just that it, that's absurd to me to maybe because demand that of we people. now know BlackBerry isn't releasing another phone for three years. <laughs> uh, will they be releasing a new phone ever? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll be perfectly but, honest. Who knows at this point? If they go out of business, are you absolved from your contract? <laughs> no, because I think the contract is actually with the phone it's, carrier. Yeah, it's not with, with the BlackBerry. carrier. It's with the carrier. I'm being facetious. Now, they're trying to go on and say, well, look, we're launching with all these apps, but the apps aren't really anything big. I mean, yeah, you're launching with Facebook. Congrats, I guess. I guess the Hey, they had Twitter, too. I guess the feeling that they're just trying to do the same thing as everyone else and are confused as to why they're not getting a cookie for it. Mm-hmm. It's like your kid has come up to you after school saying, well, guess what? I was able to put my pants on the right way. Congratulations. I'm, I, I already knew you could do that. Now you won't look like a moron when you go out of the house. Maybe I'm being just a little bit too cruel. And I know people have accused us, accused us of being too biased against RIM, but there's a reason. If they – and all a RIM – Oh, sorry. All BlackBerry apologists all say the same thing. Well, they're work phones. They're for work people and people who are serious about phones. Yeah, guess what? The people who are serious about phones and use them for work don't want them anymore. And if that's what you were banking on, you have missed the boat. So, uh, last headline, because we got to move on. Sorry. But it's also a juicy one. It's a follow-up from last week. Uh, yep. The whole CBS CNET fiasco over there, uh, Hopper, CES, or actually the company who runs CES, the CEA, has dropped CNET as a trusted media partner. Yeah. yeah. And CBS is like, oh. <laughs> CNET is no longer in charge of the best of CES. And that's really amazing to me because that's... That's like that's kind of like the White House saying that the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times is no longer allowed to be in their press junket. Yeah, it, this this isn't a small slap. This is a <laughs> this, this is a pretty is big huge. slap. This is I mean this is really big. It completely destroys um, CNET's credibility, in my opinion. It really does, and it's I'm really pretty sure unfortunate. CNET's like it's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. It's it's their parent company, but unfortunately, that's it is what it is. Hey, but I got news. I got something for the CEA. If you're looking for another t- bunch of tech coverage, I happen to know four guys who would happily cover CES every year. And we'll yes. do it uh, neutral. Yeah, we won't. We won't. We won't have any bigwigs telling us what to do. Yeah, just so long as you're we paying are us. An, we are an independent voice. 
read unemployed. <laughs> uh, hey, I got a good job. I like okay. my job. Into um, our sponsor, we need to uh, cover our friends over at Squarespace.com. Hey, you know what? Every once in a while, you really don't know where to go further with your website. You need, you, you almost have it done. You almost have it done. There's just one little thing that won't fall into place. And you're usually left trying to find it on Google. Are you kidding me? Good luck. The guys at Squarespace can help you. Tell them what your problem is that you're having. They can figure it out for you. They can get your site up and running faster than anyone. They're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Their templates are amazing. The built-in systems are, are foolproof. And if you do have a problem with them, they can work it out for you. They're happy to do it. Check them out at squarespace.com. Use the promo code SD2, Stolen Droids 2, or just visit them at Stolen... Yeah. If I screw that one up or visit them at squarespace.com slash SD for a 10% off their already awesome prices. Check it out today and please ignore my little flub up. <laughs> I'm professional. <laughs> Into our talking point this week. Uh, this is from a local paper that they're not the first ones to suggest it. The idea of uh, the author of this, of the paper, this article had to leave his technology home. For, for a vacation. And by the time he was done, realized that he didn't want the technology anymore. <laughs> and suggested that perhaps we should all kind of become this new wave of, oh, how does he word it? Luddites. Luddites, Luddites. yeah. Luddites. I don't so, know how it, I feel So he went this. through detox, and he wants the rest of us to go through detox, too. No! <laughs> yeah, see, I read this, and I immediately thought of Schmitty just, like, melting, like, Shang Tsung style. <laughs> the longer he's without internet, it's like he's losing power. The internet is my food. I, I don't actually eat anything nutritious. It's it's the internet that keeps me going. <laughs> it's just Mountain Dew in, in Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Schmitty's there melting. What a world! What a world! <laughs> but there's a lot to be said about this idea too. I, every summer, I go, um, I go camping with the family, right? And we're up there for maybe three, four days, and during which time I'm cut off, not necessarily voluntarily. There's no cell phone service. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can probably I can pull up a video on my phone if I've already synced it over, or when I had my iPad, I'd copy a whole bunch of Torchwood episodes over to it. Until day two, and the battery's dead, and you can't do anything. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd That's pace what the color myself. For. <laughs> I'd pace myself, but uh, but it, it's it's relaxing, it's peaceful. But is it realistic to do all the time? Now, this is a hard one for us to talk about because personally, I think it's really it, it your your mileage will vary, even amongst the four of us, Schmitty. I don't think you could live a day like that. No. You've had to before. I'd I'd be willing to try, but I don't... Yeah, I I rely too much on the internet. I think a lot of us do. Zoner, how about you? uh, Well, you know, I go camping multiple times a year. I I love to camp, and I go up in the mountains, and there's no internet anywhere or anything, and I I just, you know, I, I don't mind it. I do okay, but I think that to go every day, especially... I mean, for my job, I, I basically see new technology before anybody else does. There's no way that I could survive without technology in my life because, I mean, that's what I do. But, you know, it's interesting because I've we've recently um, tested some hardware on a, on a phone. I hope I'm not getting in trouble by saying this, but a lot of people were making comments – Saying, you know, I've I used to have a smartphone and I realized that I was missing life because I was focused on my smartphone. And that that's kind of what what led me to this whole talking point when I came up with the idea is, you know, are are we missing life because of technology? Are are we are we seeing technology happen or seeing life happen? on our screens instead of actually getting out and experiencing it. 
Are and you I seeing think that, us turn into the people who are in those blob floating chairs on the movie Wally? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I exactly. I think it depends a lot on our our view of the world, our view of what life is. A lot of people who who experience life in the outdoors, yeah, definitely. I think I think uh, devices like smartphones and tablets are probably taking them away from what they really enjoy. But people who enjoy life who like to revel on on technology news or what's going on in other countries there's no there's really no other way to do it than rely on like six o'clock news and they're not always that reliable so yeah, we, it kind of depends. We on We should your clarify that these the people who were really involved that way. Schmitty's second example existed before the internet too. Mm-hmm. The people who were just always tuned into the news constantly. Not but, just news TV, but news radio. Yeah. I, but I think that with the smartphone and the internet being what they are now, I think it's become worse. Now, I personally uh, am married to my smartphone. Between my day job. Uh, I work a second job as a contractor for a few other places, and then my work here on Stolen Droids, I am perpetually on the internet, finding headlines, researching things, looking things up, um, and I can tell you quite free- quite honestly, I'm starting to get burnt out by it all. Not necessarily of the show or of the site, which I still love, or my job, which I love, but just that always connected feeling. Mm-hmm. But are you always connected? Are you? I mean, because we we've known people who are twenty four hours a day connected either to Facebook or to the online uh, Starcraft League or what World of Warcraft and stuff like that. And then those people we do have to kind of forcibly detox. <laughs> are, are the average people who are listening to this podcast? And yes, this this podcast is contributing to our technology addiction somewhat um is it is it to the point of where somebody has to be detoxed or is this are we just providing what people want i'm an info junkie not only am i an info junkie about wanting information but i'm an info junkie about sharing information which is why i also help edit wikipedia and the star trek wikipedias as well memory alpha and memory beta in fact while we're doing this show in the background i've got wikipedia entries that are being edited as I'm multitasking and it's not that I'm addicted. It's just, it's something I like to do. It's something I like to share, but I know I can put it down and walk away and go hug my daughter and go play with my daughter for a while or go do something. Yeah. That's a good point. Can, Can you separate the real life from what you're doing online? If what you're doing online is taking you away from the things that, that really matter, you know, et cetera, family, um, then, then yeah, that you have a problem, but it, if you can balance that, then I mean, uh, I, a lot of us are still in the it business. And, and one of the biggest things that happens is, is that every once in a while, something comes our way. That's a curveball. We've never heard of this problem before. We don't know what's going to happen with this problem before we turn and ask our coworkers. They don't know what's the very next thing that we do to Google. Hello, Google. Yep. What happens if this happens or this error code, blah, 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 blah. And, and we're sharing information with people. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of good things about the Internet. But just like TV can be addicted to or chocolate can be addicted to or drugs can be addicted to, yes, people can be addicted to either smartphones or Facebook or Farmville or or whatever, and it's, it, I, I don't think it's Facebook's fault. I don't think it's the Internet's fault. It's, it's the individual. Mm-hmm. I, I think it also, uh, there's a difference between um, Internet noise and Internet signals. You can get on Facebook or, or Twitter or Reddit and lose an hour or two of time because of Internet noise. But if you know what you're looking for, and you can get on, you, you can go to Wikipedia, you go to TechCrunch, you get exactly what you want. Those are the signals that matter to you. But if you're just getting on and reading the noise, that's that's where the time wasting comes in. That's, that's where, part of the reason why I don't play a lot of Star Trek Online is because it, it is a time sink. I would rather play a game I could play you know, for a short amount of time and then put down, not suddenly look up and realize four hours has gone by. Like, oh, what the heck? You know? <laughs> don't try SimCity. 
<laughs> well, well see, when I hear I, you guys talk about Minecraft. <laughs> Schmitt, you know, good point. Schmitty, I love the way you put that, signals versus noise. And I hadn't thought about it that way before. But if I go to cracked.com, I'm there for hours. No, I don't even know where the time every, went. Curse you every time you send me a cracked link because I'll not, I know I'll be there for the next hour or two. <laughs> versus what I actually research. They're good, though. They're so good. They are. They are. But, but versus the actual signal, which is things I'm researching, things I'm looking for, things that I can do pretty quickly because they're purpose-driven. I I look at it personally a lot like shopping. You know, the old the old uh, adage that uh, men, when we go shopping, we know what we're going to get. We go there, we get it, we leave. Right. Unless it's Best Buy, then I wander around the TV section. <laughs> <laughs> But it's kind of along the same lines, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it's all very – I think it's a deeply personal choice. Yeah. And the idea that, yeah, you don't want it to replace offline experiences. Online should be used to enhance your offline experiences. For instance, I, cooking, for instance, for me, I spend a lot of time online looking at cooking things because then I turn around and I make them in real life. Mm-hmm. Do you wear like a yellow jumpsuit when you make these things? Uh, no, no, I have a, uh, okay. I have a, uh, an apron that says caution, man at walk. Oh, okay. <laughs> and see, I, I spend a, t- a lot of time looking at cooking things too, but it's usually people posting their lunch on Twitter. Or, or Vine. Or now Vine, yeah. <laughs> Six seconds of me eating my lunch. What they described earlier in Vine, I don't think I'm going to watch Vine. <laughs> no, never. We want to know what your thoughts are though. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Uh, into our favorites, uh, Mine is a little artsy, actually, for what we normally do. Uh, there's a video on uh, Vimeo. 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 Yeah. Vimeo. We've just figured out how to pronounce that. It's called uh, The Reward. It's uh, not silent. It's just music, though. There's no actual dialogue. You can watch it on mute if you want. Uh, slightly not safe for work, if you could consider it that. It's just some animation. But it's this really great story about two friends that go on a treasure hunt and end up finding the treasure. And it's pretty hilarious how they go about it. But it's uh, it's a nice story telling you about the uh, it's the journey, not the uh, not the destination. And you know, going from artsy film to um, big commercial blockbuster, my um, favorite is everything that's wrong with the movie Avatar. And as a probably one of the few people that just hate 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 this movie. I really liked it because there was so much wrong with that movie, in my opinion. And so if you hated it half as much as I did, you may want to check this show out. You mean you didn't like Dances with Smurfs? Oh, (laughs) such a bad movie. The Zoner rage is high in this one. It is. Oh, (laughs) Lucas. You know, uh, things I hate more than George Lucas, Avatar. (laughs) Wow. That's pretty odd. Yeah. Okay, my favorite is a, a YouTube video, surprise, um, from a group called Aralnauts. Aralnauts? I don't know how to say that. Sorry if I uh, slaughtered it. Um, they do a series of Bane outtakes from from uh, Dark Knight Rises, and they're hilarious. They they uh, they dub over his voice and uh, have him say some hilarious things. So check it out. It's really, really funny. All right. Um there was a picture that went posted on Facebook. It said one of the most one of the most hardest things about the zombie apocalypse is going to be not containing the excitement or trying to contain the excitement I have of being able to shoot everybody in the head. Um, a lot of us want to see the zombie apocalypse happen for some reason or another, and there is going to be more than just trying to shoot the zombies when the zombie apocalypse does finally hit us. So in order to go ahead and help you with your zombie apocalypse issues, there is a, a, a set of zombie apocalypse survival playing cards out there. You know, the, the eight of hearts, the king of clubs, so on and so forth. But on each pay or each card is a, is a, is a tip to help you survive the zombie apocalypse. They have survival tactics and, and all sorts of different things. Each one's different. I thought it was a really cool idea. Uh, and basically, each one of the li- each one of the images are officially licensed as well. And uh, if you want a copy of this, it's like under eight bucks from Amazon.com. And uh, we'll probably try to get a link up there somewhere. 
So you can go ahead and take a look at that. But it's a really interesting idea, and uh, I thought, cool, this is a set I should have. Sweet. All right, well, that is our show this week. Thanks uh, to everyone for joining us. Thanks for listening. Again, check out uh, Squishy's new show, The Scam Show. Uh, that's Squishy's Comics and Movies. You'll see it here on the site. Uh, check out our interview with Stephanie Thorpe, and uh, let us know what you think. Feedback at stolendroids.com. Until next time, cheers. End of line. One to beam up. Good day. Good day.